0: Hi, right, welcome back to Hit It and Crit it. I am your host, that guy that lives down the street that may be a serial killer? That's debatable. We'll see. But to our right, we have three quarters of the usual suspects. Um, we're doing things a little bit different today. Right now, we got Joe, Robbie, Eight. and that guy named T-Pain
1: um, that...
0: You know he's he's avid player. If you guys didn't know, yeah,
1: super avid. Yeah. I don't know anything about T Pain, so I don't know. I how thought to emulate I him. was I the apologize. avid player. <laughs> Shh. I hate you.
0: Anyways, what? Um, so unfortunately, our. Um, Our friend Giram couldn't make this recording. Um, So we are going to do something a little different today. While um, usually we would dive into our campaign, we're going to get a little bit more into ourselves as D&D players, uh, some of our favorite characters, and possibly the world and lore that binds everything together itself. Uh, So uh, welcome to the table, and let's begin. Um, Does anyone have specifically um, questions for any of the characters as far as we, <laughs> as as far as we have come to know them in this campaign? No, nah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think, I
2: mean, I like my character. I, I think our group is interesting because we're not like most D&D groups come together and they're like, yeah, we're friends and we fought in this war and then we did this and our group was just like, yeah, we were recruited by the same people and none of us really like each other that much.
3: I, I would say uh, Alder like definitely chooses Suzette over the others. I think Alder sees you like significantly more as a warrior and um, you know, being in that war helped, yeah. <laughs> <Just a laughs> but little. it's just—it's just—I uh, I don't know. I—I feel like Alder finds it hard, just like trusting the group as a whole. You know um i mean we're also well, we, part of, we like, have
0: one apostate and one person that looks like he's from the divine aristocracy yeah. so it's understandable
3: yeah. yeah i just i have an issue with religion and then i also have an issue with like people in power and people who like seem like they might think that they're better than me yeah mordecai you think you're better than us yeah i definitely think mordecai I thinks think that better, better than, than me. me no comment. i think i'm better than <laughs> you
1: yeah well you're our dm so that's a given yeah. I mean you You've are. Always been better than us, Corey.
0: No. Anyways, um that that is something I did uh wanna talk about a little uh, a little bit here. So Mordecai. Uh you if I remember your backstory correctly. Yeah, what's up? You were from no, it wasn't you. It was Giram, who's actually originally from the Divine Aristocracy, isn't it?
3: Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: So we have an actual Divine Aristocracy former citizen traveling with this group yeah, of Gothic and fanatics. Not, you know, he's not like that. Well, he's cool. <laughs> he's cool. He's got. He's cool. cool. He black robes. Praise to Mini Satan. It's <laughs> great. Mini-Satan. Well, but, but that... That's my band name. That's, <laughs> that's something that I found that was a little interesting. So we have a Divine Aristocracy member, or not member, but, you know, a former resident of the Divine Aristocracy, um, traveling with a group of Gothician nationalists. I, I would assume you're... At least that is nationalist. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Would, would, you, would you say Alder and Mordecai are nationalist?
1: Not, uh, for Mordecai, not particularly. He's he's doing his own thing right you don't care about no nations i didn't
0: i didn't get too much of a notion you're you're because mordecai's so far from what i understand of his character he's more in it for himself
2: pretty right? much yeah so yeah so how when you when you were thinking of mordecai and how to make that character and bring him to the table what were you thinking of
1: um like inspirations thought ideas process at the time um I think I was really enwrapped in some Sherlock Holmes stuff at the time. And I was like, hey, playing a Sherlock in type of character would be pretty cool. But I was like, wait, this is an evil campaign. Uh, Let's make him the bad guy and go for uh, Jim Moriarty. Sherlock homie? No, (laughs) no. Sherlock (laughs) Holmes, blop, blop, doing drive-bys. No, um, but you know, Jim Moriarty was uh, probably going to be the next best thing. You know, the antithesis of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Why not play that? All right. Oh, cool. I
0: mean, i I, and I think you mentioned that to me, um, before we actually settled it in, and I thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting take to bring Moriarty in, into it, kind of like yeah. you know the evil genius behind it. Yeah. So hopefully, I am hoping with this upcoming scene, as we last left off last time, uh, at the, you know, at the dungeon that, f- unfortunately, Mordecai <laughs> was locked out of. Yeah. Um, that hopefully he'll be able to devise a way either in or or be able to devise you know some some sort of grander scheme to go along with all this strange new newly introduced primordial stuff also it's it's worth noting that uh, Rudy
2: is actually very good at puzzles so like mm-hmm. in our other campaigns when we get stuck or when we have to do puzzles I, I just I don't have the patience for them, which is really my downfall.
1: Rudy is very good at, at kind of going through that process.
0: Yeah, you were, you were actually the one that figured out the zero puzzle, weren't you? Uh, I though, think that
1: was a joint effort between Jose and
3: I. Yeah. It um, was, but yeah, if
1: we, if we figured it out. He's
3: not here. Take full credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> so, it's um, your word
0: against his, and your word's recorded.
1: Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a group effort <laughs> between the, the both of us. I, I think I was the one who figured out that like it, you need to shift the letters a certain Way, yeah it was like was a cypher
2: w- right like yeah it was, it was
3: a cypher puzzle yeah
0: but they think- were trying to find a name to one of the uh, former siblings of kata which are three grand characters that we'll probably explain later at some point yeah um but yeah they had to figure out the names of one of them of which they've never heard of or even known to be before and Rudy and Jose were able
1: to actually figure out the cipher, which I, w- I will say really funny shit. Um, Jose, when he, uh, after we aligned the letters and he was going through them, he was off by one letter. Instead of going for an R, he went for an S. So he was just like, Zeso Zeos, and Corey, you were just like, oh, so close. And i was like, son of a bitch, it's zero, isn't it? And you're like, what? What? And I also broke had- a puzzle at one point, so that should tell you how
2: good I am at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh
0: we got around it though um real quick uh before we get too farther into it um alder yeah nationalist or no you <laughs> can't ask <laughs> people that question
3: <laughs> i feel i feel like this is like i feel like this really difficult for like alder to answer you know what i mean right it, it's um i would like i i think like for sake of conversation, if someone asked him if he was a nationalist, he would say yes to shorten the conversation. But I would say deep down, like, uh, he's kind of doing his own thing as well. But also, like, Alder doesn't really have a choice whether he wants to be in this group or not. Like, he didn't really join. It was like, hey, we're going to kill you or you're going to go on this mission. And he was like, all right, well, I don't want to die. So, but I don't know. I think... I don't know, Alder's a, Alder's a fun character, uh, because he's he's very, he's different from what I'm used to playing, for sure, and that's what I knew I wanted to do entering in this, is usually I play, I, I don't want to say like a meme character, but um, a very charismatic character, right. usually with, um, I mean, Alder like, has his mushrooms, but I mean like, very very large drug issues, which is always super fun. Um, or I play like a very tanky person. Um, but Alder was just like such a new character to bring to. And every time I've played an evil character, it's very Hober murdy murder esque. Sorry. It's right. very Hobo murder esque. And I usually just wanna be a dragonborn that just rips people in half. But I was like, how do I play an evil character? without being just absolutely barbaric and i think making alder unaffected by like the torment that he's gone through in his life was the best way for me to portray that like give him a hard life give him a hard backstory but don't let it like rule over him just let him be very neutral approaching everything so then that's something that i personally am grateful for because when
0: I'm, I'm going to let you guys know right now, this is the first evil campaign I have run where I didn't immediately have a death count above 10 within the first <laughs> session. Yeah. Um, because I, I I feel like there's a lot of confusion when it comes to evil and just literally like clinically psychotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of people confuse, uh, confuse it too. So obviously, just to explain a little more, obviously the Noctis Occulta are not the best people. I would say nefarious. Yeah. Um that that's a good word, nefarious. So they they're they're trying to reach a goal um of which they are not allowing I, the I, well-being of other people hinder that.
2: Yeah. And I think it's like they're evil but not because they see themselves as evil, but because their goals go up against what everyone else says is good, right? So they're right. trying to collect these artifacts and basically stockpile them and and possibly use them for their own gain, but not because they want to kill everyone or because they want to, like, screw everyone else over. It's just that's their goal. Yeah, The end-all, be-all of the mission must be accomplished at whatever stakes that might be. And I think that, honestly, is kind of like Suzette's mindset right now. Is like he was in the army and he was fighting for a cause. He was like, you know, we can do these great things. And when that all kind of fell apart, he's like, you know, he still has this like belief in his country, but it's also kind of been shattered at this point, and he's just kind of done. And so, like the the Occulta is just it's the next thing, basically. And they gave it's they give him a mission, and that I think is what he needs his life to be.
0: Um, I don't want to monopolize the conversation, so if anyone has a question, feel free to interject. Um, but here's yeah. something. Bringing that up, I I I do am I I should say I am curious about um, so far seeing how it's unfolding so far Um, what exactly and I know there's not a lot of evidence or anything but I just want to hear your personal opinion so far uh, based on the characters you've met based on um, the mission you've been giving and based on how things are proceeding what do you think the Noctis Occultas goal is I, I, I just, uh, I personally would like to hear what you think
1: is going on. Well, we're collecting artifacts, right? Right. Uh, imbued with uh, unknown magical power. I'm pretty sure that these objects, like when brought together, are probably going to do something incredible, whether it's like summoning something or just, you know, gives the wielders total control over the populace. It's going to be something.
2: So, yeah, I, I. It could also just be something like Maybe the Noctis Occulta has the belief that they're really the only people capable of handling those things, not even to use them, but like if they let a piece of whatever fall into somebody else's hands, Mm. they have no idea what they're going to do with it. And that could then turn back on them. So it's easier to strip that from everyone else so that they're the only ones with the real power, even if they're not planning on like unleashing it. So I think that might be part of it as well.
3: You actually kind of both touched on what I was gonna say, but I was <laughs> yeah. I was getting a very like Deathly Hallows esque like thought. Maybe I'm just a Harry Potter fan. That no. um, I was kind of thinking, not necessarily like they come together and become something greater, but it was like if you get all of these together, you can conquer the world with them, or like you can conquer war itself. Um, but also at the same time, being like if anybody else gets their hands on these, it's never going to be good. So I think it's just their way of having a physical representation of having ultimate power. Yeah. Also, Suzette doesn't really,
2: like, care. (laughs) Like, for him, it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, they're his superiors. They tell him what to do. He'll go out. He'll do the job. He's got his own agenda. I I will say that. At the end of the day, there is certain things he wants to accomplish, which may not be the best for everyone else. Mm -hmm. But until he can get there, he's just kind of going along with the ride
0: i'm assuming you're not willing on sharing what those things are
2: Uh, uh let's just say we kind of touched upon it earlier actually what we we're talking about really yeah okay also think about his think about the deity that he follows mm-hmm.
0: right okay and i did actually
2: i did kind of say like so, so that follows that deity and wants this power because like uh uh roth used to be able to put his hand you know, on the board that is the world and wipe things off, right? Just push, just destroy it.
0: Right. Okay. You know, there's,
2: there's that. I I think,
0: I I think I have a, I think, I think I know. Yeah, I think so. (laughs)
2: Um, also the reason why I made Suzette is because my sister for my birthday got me the paladin spell book cards. Oh, and then two days later, Corey's like, yeah, we're going to record an evil campaign. And I was like, evil paladin. That's awesome.
0: that's great Uh, i mean if if for whatever reason like a you know if your paladin passes on Mm -hmm. there's a potential since you were an evil paladin that you could become something called like what is it a death knight yeah Yeah. uh, whatever (laughs) (laughs) um and i know i know probably some people are thinking about it um there is uh like i mentioned in the uh um i think either episode zero or episode one. Um, but there is a famous death knight. Um that when I initially presented this, um I soon came to learn that um I I can see how this could be misconstrued. So I did want to address that real quick. There is a famous Death Knight uh in the canonical D universe whose name happens to be Lord Soth that I found oh, out. Okay. Yeah. Um so to address that real quick they're not the same person at all two two different two different entities here but um with that being said um bringing up some of the characters now that you've had a little bit more time to uh kind of get into the flow of this campaign um who are you keeping your eye the most on I just want to it, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a I don't trust them aspect, but who are you more more interested in
3: uh watching further? Definitely Giram. Yeah. Um, like I said before, <laughs> I I, I do genuinely, Girum. I do genuinely trust Suzette. Um and Mordecai, like not to be rude, but Playing it's right it's how it's how Alder sees the world. Like you simply having a cane, I don't understand why you're here. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, where, like, I think Alder looks at Mordecai and he's like, he's a great mascot to have in the group. You know, like, there's here's a rich guy and he can kind of explain most things away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it would definitely be, be Giram. And not just because Alder doesn't even have his own... He doesn't really have his own like path in this journey yet. It's literally like I was grabbed. I was told to come here. I kind of have to do this or they're just going to have someone kill me. I think I'm finding my, my way and my path in that. But yeah, Garam just being as evil as he is and also being religious. I can look at money and see what kind of power it can bring. I can look at a sword and understand the power it brings I don't understand religion and I think that like not knowing something is what like really scares Alder is not knowing the kind of power that he could have. I mean, says so that's religious in yeah, a way. Right? But but you have been like more open kind of thing. Eh, I still right, I I, I think Alder just in general sees um, Giram as like a dark figure mm. but also just like a very enclosed person.
0: So so here's the thing that I will note that that actually is a very common um perception when it comes to religion and magic in the uh in the actual world. Like if someone's a say if someone's a follower of a god of battle, people are more susceptible to that and they're, they they see that a lot more and it's become a lot more common for them to see that but when someone's a you know, following a patron that is a lot less known and definitely has in this case in the most literal sense definitely has some you know unsavory motives um, that th- can throw people off when it comes to their uh, innate ma- magical abilities or what their
1: patron offers them
2: makes sense mordecai
1: Oh, uh, in terms of uh, which characters we're interested in or trying to keep an eye on, it's definitely going to be here. I'm I'm interested to see, like, in general, what happens with him, uh, with Orcus. He's probably a little bit more devout than Suzette is, and I kind of just want to see how that whole relationship works out. Not to say that Suzette isn't, like, the most religious boy, but he's not, like, going into a dark, closeted room to pray every session.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. the that's the unweariness where it comes from is i don't know much about what he's doing i don't know what he's doing and even talking about sacrifices none of that's good um and being so calm about seeing bloodshed i mean all there's very self-aware of his own like mental conditions and where he is mentally he's expecting other people to react you know he's not unfeeling you know
0: okay um what about what about you so uh, that's not really worried about any of you. Does that make
2: <laughs> it not like in a like a oh ignorant God, I, way? Yeah. It's just like at the at the end of the day like I don't know, it doesn't doesn't matter like like for him Giram's religion doesn't matter because he can swing a hammer and cast spells. and when we're fighting that's good enough and it doesn't matter what happened with Alders father because at the end of the day as long as he's putting arrows in the right people that's what that's what's up, right? Mm-hmm. And even with Mordecai, like he doesn't like Mordecai. I think he would say he likes Mordecai the least purely because of his own bias against the way you dress and the way you talk and the way you mm. you, you like he even says it, you smell like the aristocracy. Yeah. That's what he dislikes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like as long as you find ways to be useful, which you are by pretending to be a noble, it's all good. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, as long as we're all doing our roles it doesn't matter i like he does not like that uh platinum haired girl though no or cedric cedric freaks him out there's something unsettling about cedric that he doesn't like
0: okay well let's let's talk about that then let's talk about the npcs that we've encountered oh yeah uh so let's let's start off with uh, the ones that were handed to us there uh platinum haired girl still don't know her name yeah we never bothered to ask her name so uh, what what are what vibes are you getting I, it I she's
2: kind of snobbish you know and like i like when i pointed out her boots are untied and they were she wasn't like oh cool she was like upset about it which was weird i don't know also the fact that i feel like she was sent in as backup and i don't like the idea of us needing backup
0: okay
3: i didn't see her did i just at the beginning i didn't see her at the time You yeah, didn't see
2: her at the time and we didn't talk about it so. yeah yeah,
3: no? so I was uh, for the first impression that I got, um, it it I probably would have forgot about her by now, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I enough. saw her, I saw her first day in. We've had two battles since then. It's it's she was there, you know,
0: yeah. a passing face. Yeah, another member.
3: I would think, especially for Alder, it would have been a very much passing face. Okay, she was rude to me though. She, she was <laughs> she kind rude of rude to all of us.
1: Mordecai? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I think of her. Um, I, I understand, uh, Joe's slash says that, are we referring to each other as our character names or just I guess, does it so matter? It's whatever. Uh, oh, I guess okay. It's, it's whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, oh. I, I agree with, says that's line of reasoning our idea that, uh, she's probably sent in to be backup, but if that was the case, why wasn't she with us? Why isn't she with us now joining us, helping us what's going on with her? Yeah there's obviously a little bit more shady business well, going on by backup. I think I, like, we just hit a, a place where
2: there's like, a, like a, a blood priest, like thing is a happening. Riker, a Riker. Yeah. Mm. And that's like, maybe they didn't expect that. Maybe our job was to go in, grab the scepter, get out. And now something else is unfolding. And they're like, Oh shit. They may, the four of them may not be able to handle it. So like they don't, they're like, you have to go do what you have to do. But at the end of the day, they don't know what's going to happen to the city either. So they may just be, I don't know, setting up everything as well as they can.
0: Huh. And so something I do want to point out real quick before we continue with the uh, questions, just to give a little more context on the Noctis Occulta, because I thought you brought it up there um, pretty well there. So the Noctis Occulta, like I said, they're, they're nefarious. Yes, but they're definitely a more thought out, villain group they it, when i say that they're trying to get these artifacts by any means I, I they are trying to get them by any means but they also don't want to draw attention yeah, to it's them. how right. reckless right like, like, calculated. they would
2: kill somebody to like keep their identity it would be a great. calculated they kill, wouldn't not, kill everyone just cause yeah
0: yeah so that so i think that is an interesting point that you think that they would bring bring him back up when they think that an entire village could be wiped out yeah um because you know like like oh, like we said in the episode zero they'll the world thinks they're dead. hmm Crazy. So how did you,
2: Corey, how did you come up with the Noctis Occulta?
0: So this actually, they, they've been in the making for a while. Um, they actually started out as an assassin group, um, to rival that of Raven Rock, if oh, anyone yeah. who doesn't know, Raven Rock is an essentially in a famed assassin uh, assassin group in my uh, OC universe. Um, the Noctis Occulta essentially started out as rivals to them because I felt that you know it would be a little campy or you know OP for the Raven Rock to not have rivals. Um, with that being said, um, the Noctis Occulta started out as people that actually. Came from Valdrin, who worshipped a uh, abyss lord uh, named Ophio. Mm. Um, that's how they originally started out. I should say this was probably like build one of a uh, of a the Noctis Occulta. But eventually, uh, eventually, as you know, I used them in more and more se- uh, sessions. They be- started becoming a lot more and more mysterious. Uh, they kind of adopted the sense of the Raven Rock, where like they could be anywhere. They could be anyone you talk to. Um, But they started to leave the whole assassin game. Um, Eventually, I think there was uh, an adventure I had with uh, a different group uh, where they essentially were living during a cataclysm. So an end of the world event occurred and they were unfortunately there to witness it. Um, This would later... Become known as, uh, well, the unearthing. Um, so that was when the in my can in my canonical world, it's when the demons regained, as or regained access to the mortal plane. Oof. So they regained access, uh, and by demons I mean both from the infernal and the abyssal plane. Yeah. Uh, the so they regained access to the uh, material plane. People thought it was going to be another demon war. Thankfully, um, it wasn't a full-on onslaught. It was just a portal uh, A portal opened up, uh, and a bunch of demons found it, and they're like, let's see where this goes. And that's when uh, the group of people who witnessed this end-all-be-all event um was able to see a lot of these felled demons that were felled by the material defenders and um, a lot of cavalcades that opened up in uh, different realms that they could have visited that were these demons' own personal realms, saw a lot of magical influence come through. Hmm. And obviously, that's where it began to take form, where the Noctis Occulta started to gather up these artifacts. Interesting. Interesting. As for their leader, Lord Noctis, that's actually going to be revealed in the campaign, so I won't get into how Ooh, he came along. I I want to know
3: if if you don't mind, uh, if you don't mind, uh, yeah, go for it. All right, you don't trust. Uh, sorry, sorry. Um, jeez, I'm says uh, that. I'm sorry, my brain. Um, you don't trust Cedric. No, God, no. Why?
2: He's just a shifty, shiesty motherfucker. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but I feel like so. Here's here's two things. Um, it, once again, Suzette, pretty loyal to Gothica as a whole. Uh, very like, I guess the way you see it is like Suzette was loyal to the king, right? The high king of Gothica. But the the smaller people like Niram is kind of what he sees as wrong. Like the high king had. I guess in some ways like honor and, and nobility, and not just something that was handed to him, but like that was who he was. King Ulrich was trying to make it better and our foray into the cataclades was supposed to help us do that. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else started telling us what to do and he was like, look, mind your own business, basically screw off, right? Yeah. And then I think in the chaos, people like Niram kind of took advantage of that to kind of bolster their own... Standing, and that's what Suzette hates: hmm. is that that kind of ignorance and like grandeur, like audacity, that's, maybe. yeah, the audacity and just the, the opulence of everything. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it stops being about the people and it starts being about a person. Yeah, and that's what he hates.
0: So, so he doesn't. Not to hijack your question? No, I'd go ahead. Detroit, I, and I don't, don't know if you're it. about to touch on it, but so how does that? go into your distrust for Cedric. That's what I was getting to So the high king was murdered
2: and Cedric was there. Mm-hmm. Cedric failed in his job. His job was to keep the king safe. Yeah. And he failed to do that. So already that's kind of like, says that being like, you know, we're, we're in a bad situation. Now we're in a worse situation and he partially blames him. The other thing is, Suzette rolls up with this plan. We we roll up with, with everything we have. It's working really w- pretty well. The king kind of falls for it. Suzette's got ideas going on how we can kind of finesse the rod away. Maybe kill King Niram in the process. Because um, <laughs> that's, you know, a thing that he would see about doing, right? And then Cedric just walks in and goes, yeah, you're all liars. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So now that's that's two things cedric has going against him yeah and then when you ask him about the king his whole face shifts Mm -hmm. right so his destroyed eye becomes whole again so it's like i don't know it's that it's the whole thing of like creepy factor obviously he's holding more power than he really lets on yeah he lives in a derelict like building outside of the city walls which means he doesn't even really care about i feel like he doesn't care about miram um which is fine but he also doesn't care about the city either right mm-hmm. he's not living in there yeah so there's there's just a lot of factors into why he distrusts cedric
3: yeah so yeah. More about you two i uh, want to hear rudy's answer first
1: well let's yeah let's hear mordecai what's going on he's mordecai is i'm definitely uh, wary of him i'm not 100 percent sure what his goals are but i have a really dumb theory that i'm not going to say out loud because i think it's too dumb
2: no no i want to hear this yeah you,
3: you it, cannot go. say that sentence now, i'm, See, yeah, I'm not gonna say,
1: it's too dumb and then well, not let's say. hear him out on this okay so after what joe just said um where he obviously has more going with him or he's holding back certain yeah i, I power. think
2: he's more than what he lets on
1: right after that being said i can't help but feel like this is a really this entire adventure right now to get the rod is some big trial slash test cedric might be noctis or just somebody much higher up in the occulta huh.
2: interesting it's possible
0: i like i don't think that's dumb i don't think that's dumb at all i think that's a
3: very, okay. okay. Corey's interesting.
2: like writing down. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> just like scratching <laughs> out my scratching
3: everything yeah. he just wrote out yeah. over the past two weeks.
0: Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I think that's a very interesting, and I think that would be a pretty entertaining. I think that's an entertaining suggestion.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Yeah, I
1: don't yeah. know. It's a thought, Alder.
3: Um, I I like him. I like him because I. don't, So, I kind of... So, the last thing... Like, one of the last things my dad said is, is like, I only trust people who tell lies. And I think that's 100% all their state of mind. It's, like, if you're 100%, like, just open and 100% clear of your motives, it's difficult for me to trust you because then anything has that. I like him because... I don't 100% think that he's being honest and that makes sense to me because I'm not. Why would I be honest to you? I don't know who you are. I see him being like kind of smart in that way and I think in general like I have my group of married men but I assume all of them are breaking the law at all times. I, I'm sure they're going out and they have their own motives on things but for my knowledge, we're in this together. And until you stab me in the back, it's, it's, that's how it's going to be. You know, if you're going to stab me in the back, that's going to happen one way or another. If I'm going to stab you in the back, that's how it's going to happen one way or another. And I mean, just like how, when we met, um, scat, it's like the first thing I do is I put him to a test. Like if we leave and you're not there, I'm going to kill you. But you 100% have the opportunity to have the jump on me. It's, I think that's just like all there's mentality to anybody is if you're being 100% honest and clear with me, I don't trust you. If I see you and I realize that you are hiding things and I realize that there's other motives, we're on the same team. We're both not being 100% honest, and that's totally okay.
0: I like that. I, I mean, I can respect that. Like, answer. That's what I, that's yeah.
3: what I really think Alder's mindset is, is like, I only trust people who are already criminals. Yeah. You know, I only trust people who have lived the life that I have lived. That's the only mindset that I know. And that's the only mindset that I can put my head into.
0: Um, we're, we're going to wrap up shortly here, yeah. but there are, there are two things I want to, um, ask about real quick. Um, just, just to, get your kind of theory of what's going on here. So one, it's, uh, if we've referenced this, you know, in passing a lot in a lot of the campaigns, I want, I want to hear your thoughts about what is happening in Gothica. What is this weird blight that's going on? Do you think it's a natural occurrence? Do you think it's just, do you think there's some sort of effect to it? Do you think the divine aristocracy is on board? Um, I don't, Suzette at least doesn't think
2: that the aristocracy is behind it. Cause if they were, they wouldn't bother like killing their King. They'd just be like, you know, put the thing on it, let them all die, whatever we can take a step back. But the fact that they're still actively engaging with us, I think it might have something to do with what they were doing in the Cataclades. Um, so they might've possibly pissed off a deity or opened something they shouldn't have opened um, or even just i mean maybe maybe somebody else saw this and was like, You know, put some kind of god or deity up to it, but i don't I don't think it's aristocracy. I think the aristocracy would just blow us like cannons f- hellfire dragons down on everything, let us burn rather than uh do something like that. Uh,
0: what about Mordecai
1: um I don't think that there's any giant conspiracy. Like, I don't think it's the aristocracy. If anything, it could just be, like, some bad mixture of clouds and some really sick shit that's going through the air right now. It's probably just something as simple as that. Okay. Fair
3: enough. And... I think it's just... in. I kind of... With with Mordecai, I I don't know what it is. I assume it's magical. But does this have anything to do with the I like finding the items that we're out to find. Maybe you know it's like, are those not being where they're supposed to be causing all of this, or are these weapons the way to battle out these kind of things? I don't know, but I think that they're connected.
0: Okay.
2: Now, Corey, question for you. Yeah. Who's the closest? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who's the closest?
2: Yeah. Who's the closest to the
1: truth? Well, I don't think he can reveal that. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Corey, on, here's I'm
0: my the question closest. for you.
3: <laughs> what is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> how how is this gonna unfold? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um final question here. Um with the king and with the cataclades and with this scepter, what what do you think exactly happened on the last day of the eleven year war? I just, I, 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 you know, I understand you may not have thought about it, mm-hmm. but what do you think happened to that swung all of this into motion? Ooh.
3: That's, That's a, a tough one. That's yeah. A, whole of a question.
1: I mean, definitely never really thought about that, but what does start and stop an 11 year long war? Yeah. I mean, but, well, is it, is it,
2: been officially ended or is there still um like treaties treat treatises going on whatever well
0: it's, it, it's kind of like a treatises thing that's going on the war the fighting stopped a there's a there's a there's a uh there's a ceasefire fighting stopped the divine aristocracy is occupying gothica all right so their forces are there their forces are present and they're watching over things but there is no bloodshed
2: and then, yeah, and so I mean, I think in Suzette's backstory the king had been killed, but he was he was on his mission to find that thing in the maze when it happened, so he wasn't even fully aware of it until after like after it happened um I don't know, I think, yeah, I mean he was assassinated, obviously suspects is the Raven Rock, but I think Suzette's so paranoid at this point that he thinks it really could be anyone. Like, it could have been Raven Rock. It could have been somebody in his own court. It could have been a divine, you know, a, like a deity intervention. It could have been literally, like, at this point, Suzette's that's just like, it could have been anything.
0: Okay.
3: What about older? I think it's a situation of both sides have bigger bugs to fry. And it might be a situation of simply, like, this isn't doing anything for us and we're going to burn ourselves out. Um, And it might be like, uh, I'm throwing things out. I don't know the entire lore. Alder himself doesn't know a lot about stuff for sure. But it might be like, is this connected to the Blight? Is the Blight stronger in places? Has the Blight released things? I don't entirely know what's going on. But it might be a situation of simply they have a common enemy Or, altogether, it might be better if this war didn't necessarily have a victor, you know? But I I think that's kind of what would mainly be on Alder's mind, is either way, it stopped. And my assumption is because there's a greater danger. Okay. That greater danger could simply be us, you know? Is there's too many spies, there's too many people he said, she said. Let's get can we it could be a conversation of can we both pull our troops together and figure out who's like, who like yeah what
2: <laughs> what in god's name in the gods name is is going on yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah all right well terrific uh mordecai any thoughts on what uh started ended and happened during the
1: 11 year war um I don't think Mordecai is really concerned about that, honestly. As long as the results of it aren't entirely affecting our travel or affecting our mission, it's not going to really be an issue for him.
0: Fair enough. Okay.
2: See, So that is the opposite. Suzette so like that wants, He wants to get involved into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's that's all the major questions I wanted to address um, while we were, you know, this early on in the campaign. Um, I do think it would be important to do stuff like this um, just to get a headspace for everyone while yeah, we make yeah. some um, tremendous drives. Definitely. Um, yeah, I was going to say like every few episodes
2: we... 30 45 also minutes, even
3: just recapping like a path of a character you know
2: yeah what's what's changed I you think, know um something else is like on the instagram and the twitter and or whatever we have it on um we should uh like i mean we're all D people we all have other campaigns that we're a part of sure. uh we might even start putting together like stories from past stuff that we've done and like i don't know i'm sure i could write up some stuff Corey could too yeah. about like because we all have like other characters that we've played that yeah. we really liked, um, so maybe little snippets of like adventure, other adventures that we've gone on.
0: Yeah, I've actually been thinking about doing like or releasing a bit of the lore and timeline mm-hmm. of Kata as a whole. Um, some of that may, you know, tie into the uh, Noctis Occulta adventure. So be sure to check out some of our social media so look tags. For the
2: official companion handbook. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> Would we have time? Um, to at least go around once and tell like a really short story about one of our characters, like I one mean, of our past characters. Cut, yeah, real, like one of our past characters, just like what's up,
0: real quick. Cut it. James, how are we doing on time? Would that be acceptable? You're you still got some time. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. I'm not like if we're really short on time, it doesn't have to be everybody or like just one person. in yeah. The next session. You want like to weekend. start? Me? Oh shoot, I I didn't really have anything planned, but it, <laughs> I I've got <laughs> well, one. I, I've got one thing and it actually also ties into how I started with D and D. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure we were playing fourth edition. And it was a lot of homebrew stuff because my, uh, the DM at the time, one of my friends was just kind of letting me just, he was just rolling with a lot of the stuff that was going on. I, this was the first time I ever played a friend of mine was just like, Hey, my friend wants to try some D and D stuff. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know what this is. And it's like, it's not a video game. It's paper and dice. I'm like, What? <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I just tried it out and I made a rogue, uh, f- stealth boy, um, who rolled incredibly high for every single one of his stats. My friend was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> how did this happen? Like, I, I think at the time, um, for when he was making us roll stats, we were rolling D twenties for all of it. Wow. It was a little odd. Yeah. But, um, I rolled straight up like 18s, twenties for all of my stats Whoa, and then modifiers on top of that. And then he said that if you have faults, or if you have like, yeah, if you have any particular character flaws, um, whether they're from the book or from something else, it uh, I will grant you uh, bonuses or proficiencies in certain areas. So, um, my rogue for the flaw that I gave him, I said like, hey, so my character, bear with this, sees the world in binary, in just ones and zeros. So I made it so that if my character ever rolled a seven, he would just fail miserably for the next seven rounds of whatever he was doing, because he would like see a seven in this world of binary and just be like, "Holy shit, where is it? I gotta get it." So, <laughs> yikes! Interesting. <Yeah>. So my <laughs> my character was apparently so incredibly stealthy that he just stole everything and nobody could say or do anything because they didn't know it was him. <laughs> I we went to a tavern and we. We were just trying to get some information from a dwarven barkeeper, and I saw two people just drinking, you know, some ale out of cups, and I'm just like, so, and I was just, like, fucking around, trying to see what I could do with this. I was like, can I just steal the cups, but not the beverages inside of them? And he's (laughs) like, well, if you roll high enough, you can. And I rolled, and I'm like, yep. And he's like, well, you managed to somehow steal the cups, but not the beverages. And the beverages, after a slight Moment just pushed to the ground. And I was like, I can do anything. So I tried to steal the innkeeper. Yeah, And he was like, hey, no, 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 no. Stop (laughs) it. It's called
3: kidnapping. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: not thieving. That's kidnapping. (laughs) But then um, a little later on... Wouldn't he also only sleep on the roof? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so he slept on the roof because he was being hunted down by some prostitute assassins, (laughs) which I will get into in just a second. Oh, Jesus. But my friend and I, we succeeded in like an adventure and we were just like let's go celebrate my friend's just like let's go to a whorehouse i'm like all right like i made sure my character was like socially inept so he couldn't really flirt his way into anything so he's just like i'm gonna steal a prostitute instead so he once he, again kidnapping <laughs> nothing <kidnapping. laughs> so he succeeds and it wasn't a bag of holding or anything or not that i can recall so he just shoves someone into his bag and just run, runs with it yeah because if you <laughs> put someone in a bag of holding then it kills them Yeah, mm-hmm. does it yeah, yeah it's like after like 10 minutes they suffocate to death oh shit i didn't know that but she was fine apparently because her uh prostitute assassin sisters found me on the roof of the tavern and they're just like hey give her back and i'm like no and then they just killed me so, yeah. So, you do die in every campaign. Okay. That's Not good in enough. every campaign. Uh, Just the ones in that, the Black Sun. Yeah. Just <laughs> the ones that I purposely have no real attachment to. So, in, in two different campaigns we were playing, uh, Rudy's
2: character died within the first, like, 45 minutes. That's amazing. Yes.
3: um yeah i got yeah i got something quick it's not really a story it's more i guess it would be almost like a tip like a player tip like i said i really like playing meme characters but there i mean like meme characters are fun and i know that they're not always fun for a group Um, or the dm or the dm yeah (laughs) it's also like one of those things that i think um it's difficult it sometimes gets to a point where it's difficult where it's like why would why would a group of people keep this character around? And that's what I love about my character Advert. and he's a insane drug drug addict. He's a hacker in um our cyberpunk uh, campaign. But what I like about him is that, he won't get kicked out because he's just too good at being a hacker. Like he, He's stoned out of his mind 24-7,
0: he's a, but he's really
3: good <laughs> yeah. yeah, My like, character, Manta, really
2: has really thought about crushing your skull but like a you watermelon. you can't
3: because you need me for this. And that's what I like about that character is because I feel like it's not a character... It's that character... I'm fine that everyone wants to kill me, but there has to be a reason why they don't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about Alder is, like, he's... It's like he's a drug addict and he's a total problem to everybody, but it's like, God damn it, he's good at his job, though. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I get things done. Yeah,
0: but when you're making a main character, give them utility. You need Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. They, I mean, they still need to be part of the game. Like, I mean, I... I had a meme character, he was a total joke, but I just built a straight tank. He had no flavor to him or anything like that, but he just he was there to kill. And they literally had to keep him chained up to a barbarian and they would just let him loose in battle. Yeah. (laughs) That was the whole point. I I, I rolled for intimidation and it was physical intimidation by standing there.
0: Yeah. Don't just make a difficult character for the sake of you can, because they're your friends and they're not going to tell you to leave the table, but make it,
3: make it. I mean, it just, it's as simple as like, make it a reason why they would put up with your shenanigans and also like your players at the end of the day will still be like, yeah, he almost got a shot because he called someone a whore in the middle of a, of a nice party, but he also killed everyone who then attacked him. Yeah. So it's just, Ar- yeah. Ar- Arwen,
2: the leader of your
0: gang is,
2: uh, I don't, does she actually have a name? Uh, Lady Redpool?
0: Lady Redpool? Fang.
2: Fang. Oh yeah, right, Fang. Fang. <laughs> when when you're a drug addict and you never stop talking, and Fang asks you to be quiet three times <laughs> and you don't, and then she tries to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. <laughs> um. I. I. Think one of oh I I started playing D and D pretty recently with our first campaign. I played a little in college, but um I made a character Criv, and the reason why I made him was I was playing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. And I just got a character that had a uh, Naginata as his weapon. And I was like, that's dope. I'm just, you know, I'm going to use that. I'm going to build off of that. And then I built this whole character, Kriv, who's a dragonborn fighter, who uh, also multi-class into a warlock. And um, yeah, I mean, I really liked him. I thought it was pretty cool. It came from pretty, not like a crazy, difficult background, but um, basically his tribe had been kind of enslaved by a, a larger group. Um, it was kind of like the the cannon fodder for them and he wanted a better life. So him and his father and some other people put up a good fight and left. Uh, his father died in the process. But, um, so he's basically just becomes like this really useful person for the leader of their group on purpose so that he could kind of further their cause. Um, and at one point he got a belt of storm giant strength, which, to this day, I regret that belt from ever <laughs> existing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it got really lucky. We we met a god, Knorr, who uh, gave us each abilities. And the first time, he upped my natural strength to like 22 or 23 or something.
0: I, I think it, he upped it post-natural. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so I like think 21 I hill, or something. Yeah, I had
2: like hill giant strength, which was pretty great just by itself. And then later, we met him again um we met him a few times so we got some pretty cool stuff off of him um so i got a vorpal blade but then i got a belt of giant uh storm giant strength which ups it to 29 oh so my God. i <laughs> could basically like punch buildings out of existence he
0: actually literally at one point uh judo flipped this large uh avatar construct that was about three stories high yeah. but since he was so strong he it was not physically impossible him to use the leverage to judo flip <laughs> this three story tall construct. Yeah, so the construct tried to, to like
2: basically smack me and somebody else between their hands and he just like put one hand like out on each direction and just stopped <laughs> the statue and then basically grabbed the wrist and just wrenched him to the floor. That's amazing. Yeah, but I think my favorite thing that ever happened is we were going to uh, um, basically help defend a wall. This big well kind of think of like in game of thrones and um the enemy launched a trebuchet projectile at our ship and i was like man this like if this hits us we're screwed like our ship is going to sink like right outside of the harbor so he he had um, a packed weapon so he changed it into a, a maul like a warhammer and he basically like javelin through it into the into the boulder in midair <laughs> and just like collided directly with it and like slowed it down enough that when it landed on the ship it didn't really do damage and then i was like yeah and then i'm gonna throw it back <laughs> and i got a nat, i think i got and, a nat 20 and, and so I, again <laughs> so like i was supposed to have like a bunch of goliaths help but i rolled the nat 20 so he just picked
1: it up and just chucked it at the trebuchet and just broke it in half that's amazing <laughs> can i mention one thing real quick about that encounter um uh, our one of the NPCs at the time, Norelia, if I, remember. yeah. Yeah. So she could summon things. And how did we, uh, distract most of that entire, uh, ship? Oh no, that was a different, that was
2: when they were attacking us. She summoned a cloud of bees to attack the enemy. Yeah. So all you hear is the bees. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a meme moment. Uh, I also like, um, in our cyberpunk when Manta, Manta is a synthetic humanoid. Um, he's got a skeletal, His skeletal structure is metal, but his organs are, are living. And so that he can get the benefits from certain drugs. So he, uh, popped a drug called rage, which ups your physical. Whose rage was it? it was yours. I stole it. (laughs) Um, but we were, a convertible was trying to get away from us and he carries this big rectangular sword. Uh, basically think of like, um, like, you know, the, the metal, plates on the side of the street to stop you from going over mm-hmm. the guard imagine that like bent in half and just a guard with, rail like yeah it's like a guard rail with a handle so you took it and he rolled a nat 20 to to for to hit and then a nat 20 on the strength and literally cut the car the top of the car you directly turned it into off. a convertible i turned it into a convertible and i decapitated the two people inside of it so <laughs> that was also was a beautiful shining moment of how great things can go but yeah, what about you?
1: What about you? What's a, uh, what's a good D and D story that you got under your belt. I actually am going to share that on the next
0: episode. I will work to share my DM experiences with you, especially some of the few that I'm definitely more proud in. Um, But thank you for tuning into this. Um, We are going to wrap up here. Um, Next time, Giram will be with us and we can get continued on with the story. Um, We'll see what's going on with that stone hovel. Um, For our plugs, uh, we got our usual plugs in here today. Um, We got... Uh, Mostly speaking, Sentai um, of Marshland Media, who is so gracious enough to let us use their podcast room, it's uh, amazing, and no, we uh, cannot Mm -hmm. be more grateful for it. Very Um, appreciate, super thankful. Check out some of Marshland Media's. Uh, Other podcasts, such as What the Hell Mouth, uh, that's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, podcast. This movie's Uh, gay. This movie's gay. uh, LGBTQ-related movies with an LGBTQ uh, friend, Corwin. It's a great podcast. They're both hilarious. Um, We got I'll Get There, which features... Monse and her dog comet um <laughs> it's a uh, cory's sister <laughs> and i will be on it uh this upcoming episode oh nice um so yeah uh finally i i think uh we got the kitchen sink yeah um which is a podcast not like what we just did here, but about pretty much everything, everything and anything subjects. Yeah. Um, that is hosted by our great alder hood there. Um, and we've all been on it and James was on it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Me and James had a one-on-one. It was pretty cool. All right. And then finally, uh, just check us, uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, that's going to be at hit it underscore and underscore credit. Um, And we will also be having, by the time you hear this, our Twitter set up under the same tag. Hopefully, you know. (laughs) If If not, (laughs) I'll I'll edit it in the links below. And Um, where can you find us? uh, All these other great podcasts? You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Overcast, uh, Pocket Casts, pretty much all the links that I'm going to be putting in this description here, too. Um, so
2: if they're listening to this podcast, they know, like, just say like, hey, where you're listening right now, just search the yeah. other stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So share finals. that with your friends, please. Yeah. Anyone that uses the, that doesn't use the podcast form that you're listening on. But yeah. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Any final words? No.
1: Thanks thank for listening. You for listening. I, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, see you next time. Aí. Isso.